Hello and welcome to What's On at Cineworld Cinemas. I am Luke Owen. And I'm Dan Layton. Dan, we've just come out from seeing Doctor Strange. We'll we be have. reviewing it very shortly. Yeah. But we were just chatting briefly then about um, press screenings of movies and advanced screenings of movies. Yes. Because a friend of mine recently reminded me that the press screening for The Avengers, which is 10 years, 10 old, years old at this yeah. point, was like two weeks before the film came out. And that is not the case now. I've been to no. press screenings of movies that were like the night before. This is it. So I, the, my, the screening for Doctor Strange was two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've done them where it was like 24 hours before the film. Not even 24 hours. Like mm. you go to a screening at seven o'clock and the film's out nine a.m. Yes. the following day. And yeah. they're like, oh, obviously you need to get your review out by midnight. Mm. Um, so yeah, like it's, it, it's kind of wild to see how far we have come. Yeah. But you were mentioning the Civil War premiere. Yeah, I went to the, the premiere of Civil War, uh, which was held in Westfield, a shopping centre in London. And you got to walk the, uh, the, the red and blue carpet and decide if you were Team Cap or Team... Uh, Iron Man Team Cap I obviously walked straight down the middle and insisted on being Team Thor was not in the movie was quite disappointed however just thinking about thinking back to that night and, and the energy and, and what Marvel was then and the cast and who were the core Avengers and things like that and then having come out of Doctor Strange and thinking about what Marvel is now mm -hmm. is a really fascinating experience because yeah. it's an entirely different Proposition, really, it's a completely different world now. Yeah, like, and it's a, a fascinating one at that. I think it was Civil War. I remember me and Ollie talked about this. Chris Evans was doing interviews where he was like at premieres, he was going to like every premiere mm. because obviously you have to. But most film stars, when they go to their premieres, then just don't watch the movie, walk the red carpet, they do some like interviews where they're just like dead excited for the movie to yes. come out. Please go see it, take some selfies, take some selfies, and then they just go, they're and always go nice. sit in the bar, go sit in the hotel. They go, they, they come into the screen and they yep. say, Oh, isn't it wonderful to be here? So glad to be here, you know, like, like sort of a, a sort of lineup at a mm -hmm. police station, yep, and then they, yeah, they do pop to the weather screens around the corner. However, Chris Evans said that he sat in every screening of Civil War mm. because, in his own words, I don't know how many more of these I've got. Oh, wow. In terms of, like, he didn't know how much longer he was going to be part of yeah. the MCU. So he was like, I just want to enjoy because it, see, seeing the audience reactions because I'm not going to be capped forever. There is a, there is a part of, of film discourse for people like us who are here on this podcast who, who consume as much of it as they physically can that sort of almost says that Marvel is, is like in the pocket of or, or critics are in the pocket of Marvel or anything like that or like it's oh, the it, amount it, of times I've been accused of being paid yeah. by Disney to review Marvel films well I would love to be paid by Disney to review Marvel films Could, well wouldn't that be amazing yeah that'd be yeah. lovely but um, the the idea that it's like the everyman's choice is an interesting one because it is just built on positive vibes and I don't mean to sound like I'm you know, under an influence of a certain mm. uh, substance. But there is something about the vibes around a Marvel movie that are exciting. I remember sitting there in, in screenings of them, whether they be press screenings or premieres or just because I bought a ticket that day and just feeling the energy of the crowd. Yeah. It is a, it's such a special thing. And I think when we're trying to get people into the movies, post-pandemic, but even pre-pandemic, when you're trying to encourage people to part with their hard-earned cash to go to the pictures, creating that vibe that idea of this is something special this is a cultural moment pop culture is a very special thing to me it's what i've spent my life studying and marvel is that and it's a really cool wonderful experience you're absolutely right 
However, there are other people that go to the pictures and they do like to talk. Oh, so were, did you notice there were a couple of people behind us? Yes, I know. I did a very stern turn. I around. saw you do the little stern turn. <laughs> I didn't know you noticed. <laughs> and actually, we you know that the couple that we were sat next to. Yes. And then the film started and they just popped off into the corner because we thought they're off for they're, a bit they're of they're off for a bit of heavy pumping. petting. Um, I'm glad that they moved because they were also quite chatty. Yeah. And I didn't want them sat next to me. No, no. It's, if it, you think you're whispering, you are. Nope. I don't mind a little whisper, a little moment of a, oh, that was cool. At one point, uh, you did out loud say, oh, holy <laughs> S word. Quite loud. Quite loud. And I really enjoyed that for everybody else in the room. Because those are the, mo there was one time I was in, a, it was in Black Swan. This is way back when. I think this is pre-Avengers. Where um, my friend and I were in the, in the cinema and there was a moment in Black Swan where she transforms into titular swan and Very her cool. legs go and her yeah. head bashes on the side and there's a moment of complete silence and someone two rows behind us went oh dear <laughs> and I lost it and now I can't watch one of my favourite movies of all time without thinking about it so there is, there is something to be said for a little moment of spontaneous talking Absolutely. I mentioned that little kid when I saw Batman and Robin yes. in the pictures who sort of went Robin no <laughs> which I love do not have a conversation it's not here for a chat mate no if you watch, want that there's a coffee shop around the corner watch the, watch the film watch the film or if, if you really want to go during a very very quiet time don't pick the first screening no oh yeah bang on first screening yeah clearly you're invested exactly don't be chatting show it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, just before we get into the main show itself I just want to tell a quick story yes I am um, during that whole thing of like, there was a, a huge boom of that um, Disney are paying film critics to appraise Marvel yes. movies. I remember writing a review for uh, X-Men Apocalypse, mm. which I was not keen on. Right. Um, Oscar Isaac did an interview about it recently where he said, and I believe this is a direct quote, I don't regret starring this movie, but I do wish it was better. <laughs> oh my God. Cold. I forgot he was in it. Yeah, he's Apocalypse. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with him. Yeah. I don't, I don't regret him being in that movie, but I do wish it were do better. I wish it was better. But I, in that uh, review, I put a bold certain letters in there to spell out the cryptic phrase of Disney paid me to write this negative review, send help. That's very, very funny. People didn't find it funny. Oh. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much. I thought it was quite funny as well. Some smart. people were really annoyed at me for putting that joke <laughs> in there. Anyway, we need to get into this show now. We are reviewing Doctor Strange, but don't worry, it is spoiler free and enjoy. Okay, so let's dive into it. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Is a film. This is a spoiler-free review. Mm -hmm. So we're going into no spoiler territory here. You are all safe. Yeah. Everyone in this office has exited the room. <laughs> because they are worried. Uh, not so much me, but you are just going to... I'm a loose cannon. <laughs> just going to say something. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, because you might have said something like Doctor Strange... And... Yeah, uh, you know, and it's a good job that we aren't saying anything like that. Yeah. So let's review this film completely spoiler free. Okay. First impressions. Actually, and it's not even first impressions because you've seen it twice now. What am I? Super special. Super special. 
So I've seen it twice. I uh, I I got my tickets day of tickets being released because I was like I I can't miss this movie. I want to see it. I want to see it on my favorite screen. And then uh, I was reminded just how special I am, and they invited me to the multimedia screening, the mm-hmm. multiverse of madness media screening. Yeah. And uh, so I saw it then, and then we just saw it again moments ago. We have actually just left the cinema to yeah. come and record this. Yeah. Um. So second opinions for me. Thumbs up for thumbs podcast up. listeners. Yeah. Thumbs up. This is a thumbs up movie from me yeah. as well. Never have the words directed by Sam Raimi <laughs> felt so apropos for a movie. Yeah. I saw, um, I think it might be the Hollywood Reporter's uh, sort of like headline review of it was like, it's Doctor Strange meets the Evil Dead. Mm. And like, I, I'm I'm an evil head. You, like, what? Yeah. I absolutely love Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2 and the Army of Darkness yeah. and all the, the you know the other stuff they've done around it, video games and whatnot. Yeah. So I am like, and there were so many moments in this movie where I was like, oh yeah, this is directed by Sam Raimi. Yeah, and it's interesting. So the fir- I saw the first 20 minutes uh, ahead of an interview I had to do. Because you're special. Because I'm very special. Um, and within the first moments, I was like, oh yeah, this is a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. And I only know, I don't know too much about the Evil Dead stuff because I'm not really good with the horror. But from the Spider-Men, it, oh, it, it has actually a lot of Spider-Man yeah. energy to it, that yeah. original trilogy. Probably less so the third one, but certainly one and two. It's mm. got massive Spider-Man energy to it. Yeah. And I, like, there were sometimes where the way the camera moved, exactly. the way that it would go onto people's faces, they were e- there was even, like, reuses of, like, Evil Dead-style shots. Really? Because this is... This is a horror movie. It's a horror film. Yeah, I, I, I'm on my best behavior, so I'm very much taking your lead, but when you give me the cue, I'm going to run with it. This is surprising in the way that it leans into the horror tropes in a way that we haven't seen in the MCU. We've had moments of what the BBFC might call mild peril several times over the course of the past 10 or so years. This movie takes the horror genre and the tropes of it and and how audiences are, are, what audiences know of horror over the years, how audiences have come to expect things and just goes, yep. We're going to play with all of those things. Yeah, it is a horror movie within yeah. the MCU. Like the BBFC, you mentioned them earlier. Like they've just put up some tweets being like, the film is out today mm-hmm. and it is rated 12A. Yeah. But it's quite scary. Yeah, it is and quite so scary. It's quite scary. So you may want to like read our blog post we've got about mm. it because this might be your you know, kid's first introduction yeah. to the horror genre. And, and, and even though it is playing on things that, yes, if you are a aficionado like yourself, you'll know. If you don't know... I I have watched enough horror even from where I, you know, have to hide Mm. to know when certain moments are coming. Yes. So I am prepared. If you're unprepared, this could actually genuinely give you a bit of a fright. I will say for anyone who is of a nervous disposition, I who jump at a crisp packet opening too loudly was able to watch it only hiding once. Yeah. Twice. There were moments. Three times. (laughs) There were moments where I was like, yeah, this is quite scary. Yeah, and but it, but it is also controlled. Like it is, it's not too scary. No, like it's, it's it's not too scary. Like it is. I don't think a kid will be completely put off by this. There are some like moments. It reminded me actually of like when I went to go see Jurassic Park when I was a kid. Right, and moments that like really stuck with me, being like, wow, that was actually massively scary mm. in, at the time. And then when you watch it back, you're like, ah, it's probably not as scary as I remember it. Being. And you still have the moments of adrenaline and like the, oh, like, absolutely, when the, with, so, the, yeah. with the with uh, the in, in Jurassic Park with the water when it bubbles. Yeah, like, well, oh, the, the, the raptor right. sequence at the start. Yeah, still very and scary at the end. To this day. Yeah. yeah, so like you know that was a PG. Yeah, now we've got the twelve A, and I think it is. It 
it is very much a 12A horror mm. movie. So there's nothing like, I don't think they've gone too far with it. No. But what I, you mentioned something there. I was thinking about this while watching the movie. And I love the fact that we are now, actually, to, you know, only recently, 10 years removed from The Avengers. Yeah. Came out in 2012. Last that week. Came, came out a decade ago. Yeah. And here we are, 10 years later, we are now 14 or so, whatever years into the, this event, into this uh, franchise-spanning mm. thing. And I'm still sat there being like, we haven't had a movie like this in the MCU. Yeah. And I said the exact same thing about The Eternals. Haven't had a movie like that in the MCU. While it was divisive, yeah, we haven't was, had a movie like that. Well, what's interesting? And, sorry, and no, that's interesting. And Spider Man, yeah, No Way Home is another movie where I was like, we haven't had anything like this in the MCU. I would go further back slightly and point to Ragnarok because I think Ragnarok, and then I'm, I'm on my Thor train again, but Ragnarok was very much a Taika Waititi joint. Yes. Oh yeah. And I think that there is something interesting in. Uh, as a result of the completion of the Infinity Saga, Feige has gone, okay, auteurs, That's exactly do your thing. It. That Eternals is very much Chloe Zhao. If you see Nomadland just before just beforehand, you'll you'll see the parallels between them. Guns Even of the Galaxy are, is so exactly is so James Gunn. Yeah, and and it, these things can be quite other works of theirs can be quite separate. Like Nomadland is very different to Eternals, but you can see the same you know, footprint. The same thing is in this movie with Sam Raimi, I think. Yeah, there's many moments in this, like, I said to you when we came out of the screening, I was like, wow, that's a film that just starts in the third act. Yeah. And just carries on just being in the third act. And there were moments, like, during the movie where I was, like, trying to think back to the trailer, being like, have we had that moment yet? Have we had this yet? And there's so many, like, it's not even twists and turns, mm. but there's kind of, like, I, I think I said this in the Spider-Man review as well, there are moments, like, you're not expecting this to come. Like yes. th- you are not expecting it to go down this direction, even though there are moments in the quote-unquote third act that are in the trailers yeah. that you're still like, I wasn't expecting it to go in this direction. I wasn't expecting this to go over here. Because a lot, often trailers can serve as dampeners for excitement yes. in as much as they can serve as, as excitement builders. I remember when I saw Skyfall, I had seen a clip, spoilers for Skyfall, 10 years. Um, I had seen a clip of... Uh, M and Bond finding a vintage Aston Martin. And that came after a moment where I was like, ooh, which of these characters are going to survive? So I knew they were going to survive. Yeah. So my, my investment wasn't there. This movie does have those moments where I am sat there watching going like, but I'm just, I've seen a shot that hasn't come back yet. I, and, and rather than it being like, so I'm not worried, I'm now going, how are you going to bring that in? Yes, it's, it's an excitement. That's exactly it. Right? Yeah, I had the exact same thought process. And actually, the you know some of the rumors that have been circulating mm-hmm. around the movie that like we are you know we've been talking about a lot on this show here that we don't know what was going to happen. And you said to me there was a TV spot that sort of like reveals yeah. one of them, so, which I am stunned by. So I would say, yeah, be watch, careful. Be careful. After having seen it the first time and frankly, living throughout. I was, there was an element of euphoria in the room, as there often are on these first set of screenings for these Marvel movies, which is why it's so much fun to go and see them in the opening weekend. I then was... It, that was on Tuesday. Then there was a day of nothing. There was a void. <laughs> blank void. Um, during which I was watching a few things and I was seeing what was out there. And I did see that there was a TV spot that had some moments from the movie that I was shocked to see yeah. released. I don't know if that was released in the, in the Western market or where... But I was like, these are out there? Yeah, I was, I'm stunned to hear that, that those yeah. TV spots exist. So 
Tread lightly. Tread lightly. Until you're, you've seen the movie. You're in the right place here. Because yeah. we are spoiler-free town. Have I done all right so far? You've done very well so Because I keep far. getting a bit nervous. Well, okay. Can we just talk about Elizabeth Olsen then? Yes, I would love to. Because, yeah, sure. This is called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. But this may as well be called Elizabeth Olsen's movie. Elizabeth Olsen, MVP of the MCU. Because this is... I mean, she has been great throughout the MCU. Yeah. But then WandaVision was like a whole new level of great. And now this is... An exceptional performance. Yes, yeah, it really is. And I have to say, I, in Age of Ultron, wasn't wild on the accent. Pietro and Wanda. I, not in the accent, kind of. For me, more than the accent, it was all of this business. It mm -hmm. was like she was doing like GCSE drama. Anyone who studied GCSE drama has done that kind of, I'm going to be magic. And it's like, oh, come on. Yeah. I didn't really vibe with it. Because they didn't really know what it was. Yeah, I wasn't having, I was like, I'm sure. And then, I, I, I think the filmmakers didn't really. I, think, yeah. I don't think Joss Whedon knew what no, the magic. No, I agree. Like. And then, bit, and that's the thing you, you do find, and that's one of the the, the uh, to the benefit of the MCU is they they can figure them out as they go. The same with Thor is very different to OG Thor yeah. because they figured out what makes Thor tick. Now, with Wanda, as each film has gone, you know, Civil War into Infinity War, which for me still contains the moment that makes me cry. Oh yeah. Then through WandaVision, which I was astonished to adore i didn't know that i was going to love it as much as i did i made a video of it on my channel um sort of talking about why it worked so well and why it was so timely her performance is central to that and she carries that goodwill and she has taken that character from one that i could have taken or leave yeah. to have to see mvp must see yeah and she is must see in this movie mm. she made me cry in this movie yeah it's 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 remarkable it is an incredible performance mm. you know that, that bit that's in the trailer where she's just like that doesn't seem that fair, doesn't fair. Oh, my, i think about that on the daily sometimes I, I do it in front of the mirror because it's fun to practice when that moment came up in the movie i was so excited to see it again yeah and then like from there it's just bang 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 yeah. bang bang it is absolutely incredible like you know benedict cumberbatch is grand yes but he is benedict cumberbatch mm. he is doing the same doctor strange that he was doing in uh the first doctor strange and movie. he's very and consummate very yeah absolutely the character is very strong i said to you hopefully this doesn't stray into territory uh i i don't see benedict cumberbatch i see doctor strange i see stephen strange every single time he's on screen except for one brief moment where we see a strange with no beard and i'm like Cumberbatch, what are you doing here? Yeah. That's, that was very bizarre for me. Yeah, it was, I didn't like that one at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could've, I could have done without yeah. being Cumberbatch. <laughs> but he, he, is, he knows what he's doing. He's very good at it. And yet he is outshined. And it's that's credit to her rather than a, a slight on him. That's what I was going to say. Because like Benedict Cumberbatch is grand. Mm. Benedict Wong. Absolutely love yeah. him. And, you know, Wong has become, I don't think he was supposed to be this pivotal to the MCU, but has now become this he sort of it. like, yeah. he did. And it's just like, I now have to see him in more movies. Mm -hmm. And Sochi Gomez yeah. is, like, she is almost the person that steals the movie away from Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, hugely. It's a very, very tight, detailed performance from so someone good. I am furious to learn is has just turned 16 years old. That is because they keep talking about her being a child yeah. in the in, in the, the movie. Yeah. But I never believed it. No. And I think that's only because she's so good. Yeah. I never thought, well that's a child actor. There's nuance in it. There's there's depth in it. There are there are moments of that often with the script, one of the the, the welcome to inside the actor studio with Dan Layton. One of the key difficulties of acting is taking a line and making it feel like it came off spontaneously. And in Marvel, that's often incredibly difficult because these, these lines are, are comic book lines. She does it in yeah. this film, which is really impressive. She is, yeah, you're right, the one who might pinch it off Olsen. 
but it, yeah. it, it is oh, there's a lot of the movie. I think those two are just absolutely incredible in yeah. the movie. Uh, and the, I suppose the last thing I wanted to discuss before we do move on, because yeah. so we we walked back from the cinema to the yeah. office and we could film this, and we were going like you know heavy into our spoiler filled chats and stuff. We were starting to get very animated. Safe and no one was around. Safe us. that no one was around us. And then producer Rich showed up, and we were like, <laughs> "Shh, we're talking about it now because <laughs> we could keep going for an hour." <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to say that so we that's not going to take us into spoiler mm. free it's taking us into spoiler filled territory is a conversation that you and I had about embracing the silliness yes so if it, I may yeah, oh, go please in 2019 the Met Gala had a theme it was camp notes on fashion and as is the way with the Met Gala nobody understood the assignment and everybody got it wrong. No one seemed to be able to understand what camp was. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is the epitome of camp and it leans in and that makes it brilliant. Richard Donner, when he directed Superman back in the 70s, yeah. said that the aim here is to take the source material seriously, not ourselves seriously. Yeah. And I think comic book movies, probably since the, not the late 90s, actually I think probably the 2000s, mm. Probably the mid 2000s to maybe, I don't know, late 2000s, maybe the mid teens and stuff, fell into this trap of just like, well, no, but these are serious movies and yeah. we have to take things very, very seriously. And oftentimes that resulted in some really good stuff. Dark Knight trilogy is Incredible. very good. Like, absolutely amazing. But it sometimes misses that fun of being a comic book movie. Mm. And I think what Marvel has done, probably since Infinity War and maybe slightly a few films before that, is just like, Guys, these are comic book movies. Mm -hmm. Let's just embrace them being comic book movies. Yeah. You know, even down to costumes and stuff. You go yes. back to the start of the MCU, they were trying to do that thing they were doing in the mid 2000s, which make is like, well, real. how can we take the superhero co like costume, but make mm. it look like it's a real world thing? Now they're just like, it's a comic book movie yeah. and they look like they do in the comic book. And that's amazing. And this yeah. film is one of those that just really heavily leans into, like I saw someone tweet about it, like their review was, I think that the silliness of it and the nonsenseness of the plot took me out of the film, mm. which I disagree with because I, I think that the fact that it just leans so heavily into that mm. absolute nonsense made it all the more like, nom, 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 nom. I just want to, I want to dine on this more. The key for me that makes it nonsense that keeps me in it, because, some, because I can understand a world where nonsense takes you out. I have been in the movies when that has happened to me before. There is something in this movie that keeps you in it. And I think the key is that it is, it is earnestness, which yes. I spoke about when we were talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Something that happens at the end of that movie is an incredibly earnest bit of Hollywood filmmaking. There was earnest Hollywood filmmaking in WandaVision. I love it when films know that something is a bit, a bit silly, but lean in. They embrace it. Elizabeth Olsen delivering that line that we love so much is leaning into it. Yeah. There is a line in the movie that feels like she may as well have a speech bubble. And I, she delivers it well. She li deli delivers it with with uh, a commitment to the bit. And exactly. I think- It's taking the source material seriously, yes. not yourself. When we think of the, the reason The Dark Knight did so well, it was taking something, the superhero genre at that point in like 2008 had been light, quite fluffy, and it took it to a gritty level. And there were still moments of humor in there, but it was very grounded, very real. And that did well for a while. And then that carried the superhero genre through. And I think something, maybe it's to do with the world we're in now, not to get too deep on main, but I think maybe it's to do with the world we're in now. 
we need escapism mm -hmm. and we need do you know what it is okay to like some things that are a little bit hokey yeah it is okay to like some things that are, are a little bit like a little bit silly a little bit nonsense those don't necessarily mean bad yes what they mean are escape it's comic books it's fun there is one but so Ollie Davis is seeing this movie tonight, yeah. uh, former host of this show. Mm -hmm. I'm so curious to see what he thinks about this Multiverse movie. Multiverse version of me. Yeah, that's because I think this movie is not going to be for everyone. Yeah. I think that this movie, because of its, it is quite silly at mm -hmm. times, will be a bit divisive because I think there will be people like, no, I want my comic book movies to be like this. Yeah. And there are people, perhaps I'm in this camp, that's like, well, no, I'm quite happy for them to be yeah. over here. I, I'm so curious to where he's going to sit on this, particularly, mm. you know, because this is the next superhero movie after The Batman. And he was so in for The Batman. So in for The Batman. And yeah. this is like the complete opposite of The Batman. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think what carries both of them through is their commitment to what they're doing. Yeah. Like The Batman is very committed to being this atmospheric, rainy kind of <laughs> yeah. film. It's very committed to its rain. This movie is very committed to having fun but doing it in a very serious way, yes. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to see it again. Yeah. Cannot, cannot wait to see it again. I mean, spoilers, we're going to go through everything else you can see in cinemas this week. It's my pick of the week. Yeah, yeah, my I too. absolutely... I'm seeing it again tonight. You're seeing it again tonight. I I don't know when I'm going to get to see it again, but I am going to try and make it next week. Yeah. Because there are bits I, I just want to re-see again. Yeah. There are certain key moments that I just want to re-see again. It's one that you're going to come back to. And I want to see Elizabeth Olsen again. Yeah. I love that headpiece. But of course, Doctor Strange isn't the only thing in cinemas this week. There's, of course, Downton Abbey, available in 4DX, The Northman, Operation Mincemeat, Fantastic Beasts, Secret of Dumbledore, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And of course, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is available in IMAX, 4DX, ScreenX, and Super Screen. And boy, howdy, there are some of those formats. You know I said I'm going to try and see it next week? Yeah. I kind of want to see it in all of those. I am a big fan of seeing a movie for the first time and then seeing it again in 4DX. Yeah, and like the way that the film moves around. Yeah. There it's are a, some key moments I'd love to see in 4DX. I'm trying to think of any scents that might pop up, any any splashes of water. But also IMAX. Oh, and so I saw it first time in IMAX. <gasps> Did you? Oh, it is beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. There's this is a, yeah. one scene in particular yeah. that I really, really want to see in IMAX. Yeah. Oh, and we know which one it is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's yeah. worth it. Oh, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's worth it. <laughs> And this week's special James Bond screening is Thunderball and is available in the following locations, Basildon, Cardiff, Crawley, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Renfrew Street, London O2, Hemel Hempstead, Milton Keynes, Newcastle, Nottingham, Poole, Stevenage, and Sheffield. Thunderball always makes me think of the lottery. Uh, it, yes, yeah. I suppose in a way it does as well. And like all of these movies, I, you know, we're talking about you want to see Doctor Strange as yeah. many times as possible. Yeah. And an unlimited card is a great way to oh, do that. Oh, television professional Luke Owen back at it again. And with that unlimited card, you get a taste card. But don't just take our word for it. Take these words for it. Get more with unlimited. Now with a free taste card. Cracking deals. Like two for one meals. Or 50% off at thousands of restaurants. Join now and get your free taste card today.
Tickets are on sale for Top Gun Maverick. However, oh, we have got the special regional premiere screening of Top Gun Maverick in IMAX on May 19th. Stop. In IMAX, planes in IMAX, planes oh, yeah. and landscapes in IMAX. And Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise. Well, he's very small on that screen. <laughs> even then. Even, even in the on movie. IMAX. Yeah, he's a very, very little man. But no, and to, this is, and I'm, okay. I love IMAX, all right? I am a big fan of big screens and big noises. Top Gun Maverick is going to have it all, especially in IMAX. Yeah. Uh, join us for this exclusive screening in IMAX on Thursday, May 19th, six days before its general release. They are on sale currently, and all proceeds from the screening will be donated to the film and TV charity, which offers support to those working behind the scenes in film, TV, and cinema. And this screening will be at Ashford, Belfast, Birmingham, Edinburgh, Plymouth, Sheffield, and York. So not only are you seeing a film before it's released, you're doing some good. You're doing some good in the world. Yeah. On May 26th at 7 p.m., we have a special event cinema screening of NT Live Straight Line Crazy. And oh my word, on May 10th, an unlimited screening of everything, everywhere, all at once. I have my tickets. I I haven't got my tickets yet. Mm, get in. I need to get in there. Yeah. So I have seen, you know, the trailers are like everywhere now. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's a multiverse. It's a multi. Movie. If you're into multiverses. Oh, it is. But like this is. I was like, oh, this is a bit different. Than yeah, it's going to play with it in a very different way. It's not in a superhero format, right? And then a friend of mine, um, Tempest, who kind of does some work yes, on, our, on our yeah. channels and stuff, he saw it and said, it's his movie of the year. I have several friends who have been to America and oh, seen it already. I'm so glad that we're getting it. Because there yeah. was that time where we thought we weren't going to get it. It was squeaky bomb time. It was a bit. Yeah. But thankfully we are getting it and there's going to be an unlimited screening of this. So do get hold of your Cineworld Unlimited card so you can go to that screening. It's going to be big. On last week's episode, where we were talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, mm. uh, we've got this comment here from Geek saying, I'm going to Belfast next week for Doctor Strange. So the addition of everything everywhere all at once in IMAX is the icing on the cake. Next week is going to be full multiversal madness. Yeah, that's, that is a double bill and a half, isn't it? Yeah, it really I'm is. I'm so excited for that movie. I just can't, I'm just so glad we're getting it. And I'm really glad it's going to be in Cineworld. Because there's a, there's a world where a movie like that is shoved in some oh, small, yeah. hard-to-find cinemas and doesn't get the attention it deserves. And I can't wait. Um, we've also got this from The Grateful Gamer that just said, excited for the movie. You probably should be. Yeah. Uh, and we've got this from, from Liam who says, I agree with Luke. Now, I could just end it there because it's just always nice to hear, isn't it? We that actually... would make me think this is a burner account of yours if you left it there. So, so... Yeah. We don't have any thirst messages for Dan this week. Oh. I've let myself go. <laughs> It's because you haven't had your hair done yet. Have, yeah, I'll do that tonight and then it'll be, I'll be back next week. And I've if, made an effort with my nails this week. Th I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. Are they that colour on purpose? Damn right they are. Oh, this is why I like you. All wonder everything. Yeah. I was going to say, when we sat down, I noticed them and I was like, they're scarlet. 
for a reason. If I was really going hard, I would have painted my nail, my, my whole fingers black, like Agatha and Wanda. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, Liam says, uh, I think it is Wakanda versus Atlantis in reference to mm. uh, Black Panther. T'Challa is gone. This is Namor's opportunity to strike and begin to take <gasps> over land. And what better place to start with than the incredibly powerful city of Wakanda? In a moment of vulnerability. Yeah. There was that earthquake Easter egg in Endgame. But I don't know if that will really play a major role or won't be mentioned. Wakanda vs. Atlantis is the Black Two Black Panther film. Sorry, is the Black Panther two film I wanted even before Chadwick unfortunately passed away. Um, so yes, that's I'm interesting because there was the, I was watching the uh, director roundtable on on um, the special features of Endgame, and they chatted about how even though. It, especially in the early days, it was very like, you know, we're going to go film to film, take it as it comes. There were still moments in there where it was, so that I think there's an Iron Man 2 behind him, there's a, a map of Wakanda. Yeah. It takes a while to get there, things will come through. Yeah. There's a Namor reference in that movie as well. Is there? Yeah. In that, exa in that exact same moment as well. Well, there you go. I think it's it would, it would be, uh, these things might be tiny little Easter eggs, but they will bear fruit at some point. And they're very smart about what they put in there. Yeah. Even the Infinity Gauntlet in the... First ever Thor movie. I love the payoff joke of that. Fake. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Because me and my friends, when we went to go see them, we were like, oh my god, it's the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And then when they bring up Thanos later on, it's like, yeah, but how's Thanos going to get there. the Infinity Gauntlet? Like, he's, it's already there. And so that just like, fake. Fake. So, so, so good. well delivered as well. Uh, but anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. We will be back in seven days' time. Seven whole days. Seven whole days, Goodness I'm afraid. Me. But uh, take care, everyone. See you next week. That's what's on. Oh, sorry. I'm Luke Owen. I don't know who I am. That's what's on. <laughs>